Once again, it's on, people. It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge, and it's another edition of the Harge Knox Life. This edition of the Harge Knox Life is brought to you by Miller Light. You can always count on Miller Light. Uh, cover three, there's three Austin area locations, one in San Antonio, and four roofs, ATX. If you got some hail damage or you need somebody to come out and look at your roof, go to fourroofsatx.com, and they'll be sure to set you up. Joining us today is a very, very well-known human being. He's the world's strongest man. He's the pride of Sealsby, Texas. He's a WWE Hall of Famer. And some of the things that he accomplished in his life, I'm just like, man, but I know his biggest accomplishments are his son and daughter, Jacob and Joanna, and his beautiful wife, Jana. He still drives the Hummer that he won in 2002 from the Arnold Strongman Classic, which I've seen that vehicle. And I want you to talk about that a little bit in a minute because I didn't realize that you won it. I thought it was just yours because you're a big man. It's the one and only Mark Henry. Mark, thank you for joining us, my brother. Mark Ball what's <laughs> up, man? What's really going down, man? So talk man, to me. You know what? I know you you happy as anybody could be right now, right in the thick of baseball with all of the stuff going on, like, you know, watching UT play and, you know, how well they're playing. Right, like, right. Uh, you know, I, I have a question for you. I know it's your show. <laughs> hey, man, when but you, you know, watch the room, it becomes I, I, your I show. question for you. Okay. What happens, you play the game, and they call the game for a lightning and uh, something to that effect. What Do they count that as a loss? Do they count that as a, as a, as a draw? Do, like, how does that work? Well, it's, it's considered a no contest. It's being called a no contest. Game was canceled, but the stats still stay, right? Okay. So whatever you've done up to that point, like Cam Williams hit a home run. It was his 10th home run of the year. He still gets that home run because the game was down at no contest. It doesn't go as a win. It doesn't go as a loss. It's just considered a no contest. It's almost like when other people come running into the ring and the bells start ringing. And then they nobody gets a win. Nobody gets a loss. Nobody gets a loss. They start ringing that bell. They start ringing that bell. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of like how that goes down. My all brother. right, all right. I get it. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up because you know I'm, I'm I'm ignorant about a lot of things, and you know I want to know. But you but you also well versed, and and you you have traveled the world. You've done some things that only a few people could ever even dream about doing. But one of my biggest things for you, Mark, is is since the day I met you, you were it, it was right in the thick of all of your success. You were really starting to ascend in the WWE, your storylines were all over the place, but you were always the same person. And for those that don't know, Mark is a large man. He was one of the toughest dudes in the world, strongest man in the world. But Mark really, really, truly cares about kids and what is happening in our world. And that some of the things that Mark is doing in the community is always trying to help the kids. And like I said a little while ago, your son Jacob is becoming a monster playing football and wrestling. Um, and your daughter Joanna is just amazing gymnast and cheerleader and doing the things and got you all over the place. But 
I know that you've accomplished a lot, but your biggest accomplishments are being a dad, correct? Oh my God, man, for sure. Um, that's they're, they're the, the primary reason why I started Mark Henry Strong Kids is because I was in the gym with them all the time. And I, I started having family and friends and people around going, hey man, uh, you share the wealth, man. Like you, <laughs> your kids, like, man, can my kids come? And I'm like, yeah, man, everybody, my kids. So it always, it, it, it became, you know, my strong kids. And, um, you know, I, we, I talk about my son being strong, but like, you know, Joanna, man, she, she played football, like co-ed football this year. And um, she was she playing with Griffin. Huh? Is she playing with Michael Griffin's team? Uh, no, she was on another team okay. um, out here in, in Lake Travis. Um, but she averaged like two touchdowns a game. And like once she put her foot in the ground, she gone, man. Like she gone. <laughs> I had to pull a, pull a hardism out there. She gone. <laughs> she gone. That's right. And, man, like very easily is the best athlete that I've seen in my family. Um, she's one of those that, you know, you just try it one time and she can do it. Right. I always hated people like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't hate her. So, right, right. Uh, I just like try to expose her to as many games, many sports that I can. And there is a difference between a game and a sport. Absolutely. And, uh, bowling is a game. You know, golf is a game. The, it becomes a sport when you add an endurance element to it, which if you got to walk, you know, 16, uh, 18 holes and carry your own bag, then it becomes a sport. <laughs> there ain't no putt-putt out here. <laughs> there ain't no, no putt-putt. I can't call that no sport. That's a game. <laughs> so um, I, I try to expose them to as much as I can. And... Uh, Mark and Strong Kid is going to start back up again this summer because it's a summer program. I'm going to be reaching out to your sponsors, Austin businesses, everybody, because I, I this this past summer, even with COVID, um, we scholarshiped um, all summer, uh, probably about 85 kids and. Uh, eight, probably 50 of them was Boys and Girls Club. I'm going to start working with the Boys and Girls Club uh, this summer, and um, and we're going to. They got 3,200 kids in their uh, in their bank, and uh, they're going to all be doing marketing strong kid program. That's awesome, man. And like I said, you you they call you the the big giant, but you are gentle giant because you do so much for the kids, and the kids really. And I love it. kids, man. Right. Because right. you know they didn't ask to be here. Right. You know, so all those people that um, that feel like, you know, well, that's those other people, kids. No, they all our kids because right. they right. all kids of this earth. And eventually they're going to have to take care of us. Right. Hello. Who are they, <laughs> they going to want to take care of? The people that looked out for them. Exactly. You know, I, I want to be looked after, man. Like, <laughs> help my brother out. <laughs> We're talking to Mark Henry and Mark, let's, let's transition a little bit, man. You, you, you have the love for the university of Texas as do a lot of people. 
there's also a lot of hate out there for the University of Texas. And you and I always have fun conversations when we start talking about Texas athletics. You started it off about the baseball team, but I want to talk about the changes that have been made over on the 40 acres. Uh, the new coaching staff with Coach Sark coming in, the new basketball team uh, that's being put together with Rodney Terry coming back with Coach Beard and Chris Ogden. They're bringing the family back together. But let's start with football. Uh, University of Texas Coach Sark brings in a brand new staff. And, and to me, you and I have had these conversations for a while, brother. We've been talking about how it's hard when there's so many changes that have happened in the last few years on the coaching staff, starting with Charlie. Charlie made a bunch of changes with some of these kids and, and the coaching staff. Then Tom comes in and he replaces his whole staff and flip people around and bringing in different people. And now these kids have a totally different voice with totally different position coaches. What, what, what are your expectations of the University of Texas this coming season? Well, first, I'm, I'm going to say, start with what you said. The the tallest trees are going to get the most wind, Hart. Like, Texas is a blue blood program that's been mismanaged. It's been, um, it's got by on the fact that there's a lot of money and there's a lot of fan base and we, we, we're going to take who comes to us. But that's not the way that it's supposed to work. You're supposed to go after the best. You're supposed to have the best facilities and you're supposed to hire people that have a brain. And not only do they uh, have a brain, but you want to hire people that develop the people that come to whatever university or whatever sport that uh, they're playing. And Texas haven't done that at a high level in the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, but I'm, I'm happy with what they're doing over there, hiring the best coaches, allowing those coaches to do their job without being hyper micromanaged. You know, when you get LeBron James on your team, what LeBron James means to your program. If you tell LeBron, ah, I want you to be a scorer. I don't want you to make assists and try to rebound and try to manage the team. I want you just to score. You, that's what Texas has done all these years. Now you, you allow somebody like Sark to come in and you say, okay, it's your program. Go do what you do. But if you don't, if it don't work, we gotta get rid of you. Like that, I take that all day long, twice on Sunday, because I know what I can do with strength training and conditioning and um, with analyzing what a kid's, you know, like I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a quick story. The other day, I went to one of our friends, Sean Hardiman. I went to his facility and I'm watching all the kids and I spoke to his kids. And there's probably about 30 kids in there working. And I'm watching this one kid, he keeps fading to the left. Every time he goes up, whether it's a layup, a jump shot, a, a dunk, or whatever. And I pulled this kid aside and I say, man, come here. And I was like, why are you fading to the left? And you, you look like you have a limp on your, you know, you're, you're hyper protecting your right leg. And he was like, oh, I, I broke my femur. 
and I'm, you know, I'm healing up. I, I've been, it's been a year and I'm still, you know, recovering. I was like, let me see your shoes. Took his shoes and the left shoe was, was, was worn out on the inside mm -hmm. and the right shoe had a hundred percent tread on the tire. And that's what it takes to be able to have a great program. You have to have people that biomechanically can break down what they see and know how to fix it. It don't matter if you recognize it, if you don't have, if you can make the diagnosis, if you can't heal the problem. Right. So Texas has been in that situation for a while. And now I think that they've they've done fixed that, and and a lot of it is 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 mentality too, you know. Like there's a lot of parents out there we know, <laughs> they don't want their kid yelled at, right? They don't want to put their kid's face to the fire and say, hey, um, you. It's not just the coach. Parents are the biggest part of the problem, right? Because. They they give as our brother Sean used to say, they give the kids too many off ramps. Right. Like it's you either on the highway or you're not. And uh, I I I love that aspect of coaching and Chris Beard more than Sark, in my opinion, is that dude. I mean, he is a hardcore tough guy that. Like, hey, man, your jump shot sucks. Right. You need to have more power in getting off the ground and going to the basket. He's going to diagnose the problem. He's going to fix the problem. And then he's going to say, hey, man, you don't have no limitation now. Why, what you waiting on? <laughs> like, right. go do it. Right. And that's, that's, those are the kind of coaches that you need. You, you, you had hard coaching. Absolutely. I never cried about hard coaching. Right. And I've said... And if you did, your mama was going to smack you upside your head because you're going to get coached harder at the crib. You you wish you was out there with the coaches. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want mama making comments. So, But I think that that's the thing that Texas, Texas has made a great diagnosis. Now they have to figure out what the problems are and, and let these coaches coach because they, they know what they're doing. It's just a matter of, uh, letting your reputation and your coaching staff bring in great talent from all over the place and developing them and making them first round picks and second round picks. Yeah. Do that, then you're going to have people that, hey, they're, they're making first round, second round picks. That's where I'm going. Yeah. And that's where, that's where we're trying to get the University of Texas to become again, because the talent is going to get coached up. And I, I, you know, nothing against the coaches that were here before. Um, nothing against them. nothing against them and sometimes and you said this a little while ago sometimes the players have to take pride in what they're doing too to make themselves there because you can lead the horse to water you can't make them drink you can be talented but how much more are you willing to do to get yourself to that next level we can't always blame it on the coaching because we gave you the blueprint right and the parents can't can't get mad at the coaches because they've given their kid the the holy juice. Right. And you know, the parents always think they kid is the best kid in the world and you're not playing my son and you cannot play my daughter and you're a bad coach. No, 
Your son like to chase grasshoppers. <laughs> yep. Your son like to look. Your son like to look at the sky, and, and and I need somebody that's gonna be out here that wants to do what we're doing. Right. When when I'm not looking, I want them working. Right. I want them gathering the other guys in the room and saying, "Hey, man, what's your responsibility in this formation? What when, when we do this, like, what's the count? You know, like, what's the spacing like? You know, like." The, the team has got to do that. Yeah. The coaches can't play. Right. <laughs> You've been a star athlete. Yeah. yeah. You know what it is. Yep. But our job is to tell everybody else what it is. I've been a world champion in three different sports that have nothing to do with each other. And a national champion in another. Four sports where I've been the best on the planet. And the common denominator of all of those is hard work and being a little bit crazy yeah and when i say a little bit crazy i mean i didn't ever went to spring break hard right i i, I just I'm, started I'm doing it because i'm a I'm kid something that a lot of people don't know i was a 20 year old virgin huh yes so, so, so it was what? all about sports to me i spent the rest of my life trying to make up <laughs> But I'm telling you, uh, uh, when you talk about focus, yeah, I feel you. There ain't nobody on this planet more focused than me. When I say I want that, I'm going to go get that. Yeah, you don't have that mentality. You can't be a champion. Well, you brought that up, man. You talk about it. You you were four different sports that have nothing to do with each other. Um, one of the things, obviously, do you still carry that big old weight? around in the back of your Hummer that that's not it's, I don't carry around in the car no more because it got loose not long ago <laughs> almost broke my back seat <laughs> it's in the garage <laughs> that was that was the biggest dumbbell I had ever seen in my life and the fact that you just had that <laughs> carrying around in your car had me like you remember what you said you got to be a little bit crazy to a little be bit to crazy. You know how many times hard is that uh, people start talking about impossibility? Right. And I would say, I'm going to tell you something about impossibility. And I go to the back of my truck and I'll pull <laughs> that out in front of these kids. And I was like, what y'all looking at is impossibility. It is impossible. The thing was called the unliftable for a century. Before I lifted it off the ground about that much. And I said, I'm going to lift it over my head. And my my coach and, and, and father figure, Terry Todd, who was a professor at UT, said, I, you know what, man? I, 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 I don't doubt you because I know who you are, but no, nobody's ever done that, Mark. Somebody is going to do it, Terry. Because I said I was going to do it. Right. I started training. It was like one of those old-time karate movies. You went to I your was, sensei? I was wringing towels, wringing water, trying to strengthen my grip. I was getting newspaper. And I was balling it up from the end and making it to a big ball. And then I was squeezing those balls. I was doing everything that you can do without cheating. Right, right. 
because you know my moral fiber, you know my- um, Your moral compass does not let you use anything. You don't put nothing not in your body. From yep. the path. God yep. put me on this earth to be an example and I am the example for that reason. Eight months later, I was able to pick it up off the ground high enough that I can move my body beneath it and hold it, and I put it over my head. Nobody has still done that. Drugs included. Right, right. So there are things that you can make possible if you believe that there is no impossible. That's and real. And, and it's, it's, it's about work. Right. It's about not doubting yourself and putting the work in. And, you know, it is what it is. And you did put that, that work, you put that work in um, for a long, long time. And then you transitioned because, you know, you became the world's strongest man, but then you transitioned into a WWE superstar. You went through the ECW, you became champion in the ECW and you know, you've got a lot that goes on into your wrestling world because you've been backstage, you've been the main stage, you've been the main event. Like I said, you've been the champion, but the, the, the wrestling business now is, I'm not gonna say being exposed. What I'm gonna say is they're being a little bit more open, the life after, what's going on with Mark Henry after, what's going on with Jake the Snake Roberts. I found out so much stuff about Stone Cold Steve Austin. By the way, thank you for setting up that interview with us when we got a chance to do it at the former station. Well, Chip and I got a chance to interview Stone Cold and it was the, one of the most intense interviews I'd ever done. And y'all was just supposed to be working on something else, chilling and Steve had me all like, man, I was ready to get it, get it on, man. It was, it was good stuff. But the, the way that life happens in this business the way you have to be a little bit crazy to be in this business, the time and the effort that you put into it, the dark side of the ring. I've been watching that series on uh, Vice. I've been watching the other series uh, backstage and uh, Life After on A&E, the biography ones, and then there's WWE Treasures. Talk a little bit about the life of a wrestler and then after life wrestling. Well, there's nothing wrong with what you said. Um, pro wrestling is sports entertainment. And the emphasis is not on the sports, it's on the entertainment. Correct. Yeah. It just sounds better when you say sports entertainment. <laughs> um, the curtain has been pulled back. Uh, we, we can see Oz now in our business. And I don't have a problem with that as long as you don't expose how it's done. Right. You can right. say that it's done, just don't say how it's done. Because when I, if I go to Vegas and I go to a magic show and David Copperfield, uh, they walk an elephant out there, he makes the elephant disappear right in front of my face. I just want to be amazed. Right. <laughs> I <wanna know> how <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, look at that. That's crazy. That's what I want. Right. And I wish that more fans were like that and not care, didn't care about, well, how? No, it's not your business to know how. Right. Now, if you want personal backstories on the individuals, 
the wrestlers, the the managers, the owners tell their story. How did how did they come to be? That's entertaining. And Very much so. Once again, is on the entertainment. Um, I, I I think sometimes that people people's thirst for wanting to be the first one to say something is the cancer of entertainment. It's like when when so many celebrities die and they may be sick, but they're not dead yet. And somebody puts out a report, oh, they're, they're dead. They died yesterday or last night or something. And you go, whoa, oh man, that's horrible. And you go through this whole emotional breakdown and then somebody calls you and go, no, they're, they're not dead. Right. And I get pissed. Like, stop it. Like, stop being wanting to be the first one to break the news. Thank you. Like, it's ridiculous. So biographies on A&E is my favorite of all of the programs now. Because even though I was there, most of the stories, um, and I got to meet the people, and I knew the people, and we had interactions there there's there's stuff that i don't know about you right i've known you for 20 years almost right but i don't know everything so when i sit down with you i see you on a show and you do a biography type interview and i get to learn something about I'm, oh man i can't wait to talk to hard about that right so like that's why it's a good show people think they know but they don't and now they're being told how this happened, what happened, what was the real skinny, and, right. and, and it's entertaining. The the second show, the hidden the hidden treasures, um, hard. To, I still to this day, I, you'll see me on the on the hidden treasures here in the next couple of episodes. Okay, I'm I'm involved heavily in the in the A and E uh, family. Uh, I've been on pretty much all the documentaries, uh, biographies, um, Booker T and Steve Austin, like um, I had my comments, Big E Langston and the yes. list goes on. Um, the thing that that I like about the, the, the show is I was in the Nation of Domination early in my career with, with The Rock and Ron Simmons and D'Lo and Godfather and Owen Hart. I got angry wearing the hat. Like we used to wear the yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Muslim beanie type hat. Yeah. And I hated it. And I threw the hat in the crowd. I want the hat back now. <laughs> hey, okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like we talk about that stuff and, and we have people searching, like, you know, scouring the earth for all of these things. And and you look at this this show and you find out that there are uh, probably about two or three hundred super collectors. Like if they find some wrestling memorabilia, man, they hold on to it dear with their life. They chronicle it, document it, and it, eventually, if you put the word out through enough people, you can find anything. Man, Somebody's man. got that hat. Right. And I don't want it for me. I want it for the WWE archive. And I'm a big Andre the Giant fan. He's yeah. the reason yeah. that I'm a wrestling fan, that I got into wrestling. <clears throat> so 
I'm I'm pretty much the you know like the super fan that's trying to hunt down Andre's stuff. Okay, so that's um that's gonna come soon, and you're gonna be amazed. Wow, it's always amazing when I get a chance to chop it up with you, my brother. Before I let you go, I mean, obviously your career has been well documented. You've done a bunch of amazing things, as much as you do for your kids, you do for other people's kids. You uh, you're hosting a radio show called Busted Open. But I want you to talk about that. But before we get into anything else, I want you to tell me a little bit about your Dallas Cowboys, man. What did you think of the draft? What did you think of that video yesterday when the schedule was released post Malone and Jerry Jones <laughs> making videos together? I mean, it is unbelievable. But as true Cowboy fans, this our year, right? This our year, right? Every year is our year. <laughs> Every year, every year. For 25 first, years. The, the first thing that I'm going to talk about is the draft. Okay. And then I'll go into free agency. The the draft, I was disappointed that I, I think that we underachieved because we had a lot of assets. We had 10 picks. And you, you you're not going to sign all those people. Right. And I figured, like, well, let's take that um, – Let's take those the sixth and seventh pick right off the bat, package it with one of the they had two third round picks with one of the third round picks and the second round pick and move up into the second round into the middle or to the high part of the second round. Trayvon Moore would have been as important as getting one of the cornerbacks. Right. Because I think that, you know, a lot of people don't realize that in football, the front seven dictates what the secondary does. It's not the opposite. Every now and then you get a Deion Sanders, a Daryl Green, or somebody uh, to that. Uh, 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 Revis Island. Right. You get a you get a Revis Island out of it where a guy is so good at coverage that you just don't even throw at him, right. you know, right. but there's what maybe two of those guys in the NFL, two. Yeah, <laughs> two. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Gilmore. That's, That's it. it. That's yep. It. Yep. So when you get that, when you have the opportunity to get one of those guys. You go get them. But there was not one of those guys in the draft. I think that um, um, Sertain is going to be great. I think that Horn is going to be great. Uh, I even think Farley is going to be a, a, a really good cornerback, but uh, barring injury. Right. But the Cowboys' biggest problem is they have people playing out of position. Smith and Vander Esch, they're outside linebackers, weak and strong. So them playing middle linebacker was putting them in a problem. Now you add a linebacker that he has played middle linebacker since he was four years old. Pop Warner, they lied. They had to lie to get this kid <laughs> to play Pop Warner because he looked like a seven-year-old. Right, right. At four. He played linebacker. He know that position like... Sound like Jacob. Like, like we know ourselves. Sound like Jacob. <laughs> Sound like Jacob. But... Now you got a guy that can look at the defense, look at the line, diagnose everything, and tell everybody where to be, where to go, 
and it's going to put more pressure on quarterbacks. There's not going to be as many running lanes for running backs, and corner is going to have more time. They can play closer to the, the wide receivers because the ball is going to come out. Right. And the Cowboys, unfortunately, went by the loyalty system. They had guys out there, you know, Heath and Lee and um, just guys that couldn't really do it no more. When they when they could do it, they were great. Right. But, like, we all get old, Hart. I can't do all the things I used to do. It hurts me sometimes to think <laughs> that, man, I can't do that no more. Hey, you and me both, brother. You and me both. So, but the Cowboys, they fixed a lot of that. And and you go to free agency, um, I think they did really good in free agency with the safeties. Everybody, you know, but they, they got they got thumper safeties. They right, didn't get right. coverage. And Morig would have been so good at free safety, playing the back end and letting Neil and them guys. Neil is like a, a, a linebacker. Yeah, he's definitely a linebacker. Uh, one of those, you know, I, I hate saying Cam Chancellor, Joey, I mean, not Joey Browner, but uh, Browner, that Brandon Browner that used to be with Seattle, yeah. which is why he's Dan Quinn. He can cover tight ends. He can yeah. cover backs out of the backfield, but um, you don't want to put him nowhere near occupying space against guys that run 4-3. Nope. The, nope. The, advan- the advantage of having Neil and um, – the, the linebacker the Cowboys drafted, both those guys are 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four guys. Phil is going to be, you know, upgraded for us. So I'm happy with that. So uh, the draft, they they answered some The free agency, they answered some questions. Now they got to, like, get rid of Teron Smith and, you know, start building for the future at tackle. But I'm happy with the Cowboys. Well, what's your what's, what's your record? What's your record? I will ten win team. Okay. And I'm not gonna say more than that because then it's gonna I'm gonna look like a super fan, <laughs> which I am. Which I, which, I which think we're going seventeen and zero. <laughs> we do have the second easiest schedule, well, strength of schedule, whatever that means. We do have. The second one, I think they only play like three teams that had a winning record last year. So, like a real winning record. Those three teams will beat us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 may be very correct in that thought process, my friend. If these oh books, uh, they they if they don't get the ten wins, Mark. I'm gonna be very, very disappointed in the turnout from the Cowboys for show. Well, we all get disappointed, but you know what, man? Every year I say I'm not gonna be a Cowboy fan no more, and I still I'm gonna be a Cowboy fan till they put my ass in the ground. <laughs> you and me both. Tell us a little bit about Busted Open, man, and some of the things that you got going on right now. Man, Busted Open is the best. Uh, wrestling and sports channel um, on SiriusXM. Like, we have the highest rating. Um, we're up there in the top of all sports shows uh, as far as uh, quality control and ratings. Um, we're on six days a week uh, doing analysis about pro wrestling. Uh, 
we talk, you know, pop culture, we talk sports, but we're a real pro wrestling show on the channel Fight Nation, which is channel 156. Um, Dave LaGreca is a guy that's the lead host. Uh, myself, Tommy Dreamer, and Bully Ray uh, are all the color analysts. Uh, we, we, we all like each other. And everybody is doing really, really well. The show is off the chain. Um, we're going to eventually uh, break out of Sirius X, uh, where people only look at us as uh, a Sirius XM show and start looking at us as one of the dominant sports shows like Fox and ESPN. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm hoping that that happens sooner than later, but it's starting to happen. People, when they start talking, Sports, they 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 mention us now. That's that's all I want. Yeah, yeah. Well, you do a great job, man. You always bring some real perspective, not just super fan perspective, like sometimes we get caught up being. But you always bring it all the way home, man. And and you're you're a blessing to be a part of my family's life. My kids talk about it all the time. Uh, we enjoy the quote unquote, like my man, Norm Watkins, like to say the fellowship and be able to, to break bread and just kind of- Time cut. to fellowship again, brothers. <laughs> exactly, it's time to fellowship. But uh, I appreciate you being who you are and being a, a, a shining example to, to what you can be if you believe in yourself and be able to do the things that you wanna do because you started from the bottom, now you're here. And, and now I'm here, man, now you can, you can reach out to me, the Mark Henry. That's right. On mm -hmm. everything social media, man. If you're trying to get a hold of me, DM me. You want to give me some money to help these kids? Hit me up in the DMs. I'm trying to get it. You can I mean, slide it to his DMs, you, right? You will see. Um, you will see where the money is going because I don't spend none of it. I mean, it, it, it goes to the facilities that we operate in. And if, you know, we get kids that come in all the time and they don't have the proper shoes. We had a kid come in this summer, he wore a size um, 14 and a half shoe and he had on a pair of 12s. Mm. And the shoes were kind of worn. His, when his mom came to pick him up, I asked her, I was like, hey, uh, them shoes look a little tight. I was like, you know, does he have some sports shoes that she's like, um, he just, he's growing so fast. Like I can't afford to like, just, I said, well, um, we're going to go get him some shoes. If you're going to keep bringing him, he's going to hurt his feet. And, um, and that's, we're doing God's work too. And it's not just, um, sports, you know, stuff. It's, it's, we want the kids to have, you know, uh, a good childhood. I want them to think about, how much fun they had when they're 40 years old, 50 years old like me. And they can say, man, my childhood was great, man. I was in this program and I had so much fun and I learned this and I learned that. And man, they bought me a pair of shoes and they gave me a t-shirt and like, it, it's gotta be fun for the kids and you gotta diagnose them and help them and help them to be better than what they are. So that's that's what Mark and Strong Kids does. Well, Mark, you're a role model to so many. You are, are bring them babies to me, Harge, this summer. Hey, them babies is ready now. They're, they they matured. They're ready to go. Yeah, I want a little girl. <laughs> they they 
they said we gotta go see Uncle Mark. So we yeah. appreciate you, brother, as always. And and make sure you follow Mark Henry at the Mark Henry on all of his social media platforms. Make sure you listen to Busted Open on Sirius XM. Make sure you're watching what is hidden treasure treasures of the WWE on A and E because there's some good stuff that's happening over there, Mark. And I'm I'm yeah. I'm proud to call you a friend, but most importantly, man, I'm glad you ain't never put me in a chokehold. I appreciate you. <laughs> you talk bad about me and my fantasy team this year. <laughs> we're gonna have a problem. You might get that. Hey, hey, we've taken our share of beatings amongst each other in our fantasy. Yes, we have. So, so we pre- I think we're probably still two and two against each other. So we got to get ready to get re- get after it this coming you gotta year. Got to get the tiebreaker this year. And, and make sure you don't draft all the Cowboys this year. I appreciate it. Oh. <laughs> uh, I will not. Not this year. I'm not picking with my heart this year. Don't pick with your heart. We got to pick with our pocketbook because it's expensive to play in our league. There's <laughs> money on the line. There's money on the line. There he is, folks. The Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, WWE Hall of Famer, and a good friend and a local, local superstar here in Austin, Texas, doing good things. And thank y'all for listening to the Hard Knocks Life. It was brought to you by Miller Lite Coors. I mean, excuse me, Miller Lite Cover 3. And of course, for Roos ATX. And just remember this, folks. I tell you this all the time. Don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. Peace.